This program is brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland. This is the Career Insights Podcast, brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland Careers and Employability Team. Hello and welcome to Career Insights. I'm Katie Baker, Industry Relationships Consultant with the University of Southern Queensland, and I help connect our students with opportunities and make connections in industry. Here on Career Insights, we're here to help you realise your career goals. We've got all the best tips on careers and employability, as well as insights from industry professionals and USQ alumni. We're here to help you break down barriers, have those career conversations and become the most employable you can be. Coming up on today's show, we'll be talking about what to do when you find yourself out of work. Joining me on today's show is USQ Senior Lecturer in Public Relations and Communications, Chris Cosson, and Jennifer Luke, Career Development Practitioner, and both are part of the Axel Research Team. Thanks both for joining me on the show today. Thank you, Katie. Glad to be here. Hello, Katie. Hello again. So um, first up, Chris, what is Axel? Well, it's an acronym for mm. the Australian... Can you help me out with this, Jennifer? <laughs> yeah, it's a long one. It is a long one. The Australian Collaboratory for Career, Employability and Learning for Living. And, and what is that? Well, it's a research cluster or a, a team of people, a research program um, in, in the area of employment um, and in various ways too, like there's a employment in agriculture, for example, is a strong theme um, th- throughout that. Um, uh, teachers and teaching, there is, it, it covers a lot. Yeah, great. So... 2020 has been an unusual year um, and with COVID and now a recession, um, there's obviously been a downturn um, for jobs and that and people have found themselves unemployed or maybe on JobKeeper. Chris, what what can someone do when they find themselves unemployed? What are some strategies that they can maybe help themselves or where, where do we want to start there? Okay, well, I, I think we'll talk about um, the importance and, and things that we can do to uh, keep ourselves employable and attractive to uh, employers. So we've both got a bit to say about that. That's important. But where I would like to start is um, with the idea of our well-being. Um, And I think that's the, the, the place to really start. You need to understand the situation or the environment that, that, that you're in. With employment, it is a major source of well-being, um, starting with financial well-being. Um, so financial hardship is a terrible thing, of course, but then there are so many other um, parts of our well-being that depend on in, in employment, traditional employment. So it's a, a big source of, of well-being. So understanding um, that... Uh, you need to start thinking about things that you can do to replace um, some of the the goods, I suppose, or some of the things that, that the, the healthy benefits that employment bring. First thing that comes to mind is when you have a job, you get up in the morning, you have a purpose, you have a structure, uh, and you interact with people as well. When you find yourself um, being thrown out of work, so you've, you know, assuming that you had 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 work beforehand, then all of that disappears uh, along with the money. 
Yeah, and I, I think I might um, just follow on from what uh, Chris is saying is with Axel, so with our research team, uh, it, uh, where uh, it is about employment and uh, it's also about uh, vocational psychology. So it's that career development, it's uh, that workforce development, but from an individual's perspective. So I totally agree uh, when Chris was saying about uh, when you wake up in the morning, you need to have purpose. And that's something, especially if you've recently lost your um, your employment, is that you feel as though you've sort of disconnected and you, you don't really know what your identity is. And so uh, that's something with all of the research that we do, and there's quite a lot of us in the research team looking at it from different angles in terms of like agriculture, uh, education, uh, the older workforce uh, within schools as well, is that it's all about the individual. So uh, in terms of whether you've been long-term unemployed or recently uh, been made um, uh, unemployed. It's about first, from our perspective, assisting people uh, is that we have to look at each person has their own story and they've got their own barriers. Uh, so that would be the main thing at the moment. I think one of the, <clears throat> one of the big traps is that we can take this kind of situation uh, very personally, and that can be a very um, un unhealthy thing. And in the COVID context, um, particularly, there's a lot of people that have been um, thrown out of uh, out of work, so it feels very isolating. Um, but you're not alone, and and that there are many others, and that's uh, an important thing to realise, uh, so that you don't uh, succumb to that feeling that, uh, like a victim mentality, if you will. Why me? It's it's happening to a lot of other people as well. And it is completely out of your control. So I would agree, like, people's, yeah, it's sort of like, well, it's out of my control. So you, as you said, you can't sort of take it personally because it's not just you. There's many out there, unfortunately. That is, that is such a good point, Katie, because um, as, as human beings, many of us are, um, uh, we lean toward the, uh, the idea that um, it must be something that we've done wrong, um, it, even though we should know better <laughs> in a way. Uh, it's something that we do. So it's a trap. And I think that that's what we're talking about at this point in time, the traps that you can fall into um, when, when, when this happens. And I think putting your well-being and being mindful of that, that it is not your fault, don't let yourself... Um, talk yourself into the idea that it's something that you've done wrong or that uh, you're inadequate in some way. Like you said, Katie, it's something that was beyond um, people's control. And uh, so that's an important thing to realise. Another important thing to realise is that, um, as I said earlier, employment is our source of well-being on, on so many levels. So our well-being... Um, and it's important to realise is, is, is the biggest asset that we have. And so in terms of what we prioritise in life, prioritising our well-being and realising that my well-being is the most important thing I have. And I can take that. I, I, and if I can work out how to look after that, um, then I can get on with the business of making myself more attractive to employers and job seeking and networking and so on. But you really need to, to, uh, to get that foundation of um, your well-being under control. I said earlier, for example, that when we wake up and, and Jennifer 
commented as well, we wake up in the morning with a purpose and a structure. So establishing um, goals and routines is is really important, not just waking up and, um, I don't know, putting on the television or something like that. And, and uh, you know, and we, we, you need to look for uh, goals uh, and purpose. And um, I'll talk more about that shortly. And I know sometimes... Um when I read, I read a little bit of stoic stuff. It's even if it's things like getting up and just making the bed because you've achieved a goal already for that morning. To to sort of yes. okay, that's one done. What else can I achieve as well for the day? I think so, Katie. And following on um, from what Chris is saying about uh, knowing what it is that's giving you purpose and structure, it would also be uh, it gives you an opportunity to do a little bit of reflection about where you do want to go like people when they're looking for a job they're not just looking for a job they're looking for something that they can identify with I mean financial of course is the big priority but if you want to be able to find uh, meaning in what you're doing even if it's not your dream job but if as long as you can see where it can take you uh, so it, this is a good time to be able to look at what are your interests and see where that can align in. Because that then you can look at, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe doing a course or something to, to, to I suppose, adapt that little bit if, if able to. Would you agree? These are really important things to do. Um, and as Jennifer alluded to, I mean, you have, one thing you do have is some time on your side to not jump into something, but to you know, get online, um, see what is available, um, see what can be done at a, um, you know, courses and training. Jennifer might be able to talk about that is is low cost or no cost. So there are a lot of options um, besides uh, signing up for some expensive course that you may not be able to afford, for example. Um, but it looking at this in a in a positive way in terms of um, goals um, it's an it's, it's an opportunity to explore new hobbies uh, and um, and make make your goals into hobbies so for example if you're reflecting on what your interests might be and what you might like to study and then you sign up to a course and you start doing it well make that course your um, try and frame it as as, um, as, as as being you know a passion pursuit pursued so that's a positive way of looking at it rather than oh my god I've got to do this mm. which is a more negative way and um, the positive way of looking at it is much healthier psychologically than than the other so keeping yourself positive um, so looking for goals and and then treating those goals as you know important meaningful so we've been talking around um sort of the values and the whys and the purposes um what how does one find that motivation when they aren't feeling great which we have covered a little bit of that um i suppose actually let's go to my how do i build experience so i'm unemployed i may be looking at a little bit of um you know, maybe doing some study or what else, but what else can I do to build experience when jobs may be scarce and to fill up, I suppose, on that resume a little bit? Or maybe who wants to go? Well, um, as Jennifer said before, we have, when we're in this situation, we have time 
um, on our side. And so there are low-cost options. So we were talking a little bit about that a moment ago. So I think getting online and exploring um, no-cost and low-cost and uh, universities, along with our university here, University of Southern Queensland, have um, short courses or mini courses um, on offer uh, I think the first couple f- for no charge at all, but that's not just USQ. That's uh, that's uh, around the, um, the 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 industry. So that's an example of an opportunity, and there are many more. Um, Jennifer. Yeah. Um, so um, where Chris is talking about looking for those opportunities. Uh, what I would say with opportunities too is that it's doing that occupational research. And uh, one website that I would highlight, because it's a federal government website, is uh, joboutlook.gov.au, which is a great way to be able to do a search on different occupations and find out what's involved. And it it gives you an idea of the type of qualifications to be looking at and also the industry bodies that are associated with that particular occupation. So it would be a good thing to be able to do that. And that way you'll get a bit of an idea of uh, where you want to go, what you possibly may want to study. But I would also, uh, and Chris, you might want to add a bit to this as well, connect in with who you know. So your family, your friends, uh, with uh, past colleagues. Let people know that you are looking for work at the moment or that you're wanting to learn more about a particular industry. Because if you don't let people know, then they won't know to help you. Uh, so I'd probably say that connect in with people and do some occupational research. Yeah, I think that kind of networking um, on top of the um, the occupational research that you're talking about is uh, is very important because, as Jennifer said, people don't know what you might be interested in. Uh, and I think it's, it's, it's a good point to bring in uh, the idea of adaptable adaptability, being flexible and adaptable and open-minded um, about what you might be um, able to do in the short term. So we need to perhaps open our minds further than or, or beyond the scope of uh, the ideal job. Now, we don't want to let go of those career aspirations, but we simply want to broaden our perspective and think, well, what things could I possibly um, be doing. Uh, now, one example that comes to mind is a, a shortage of um, labour in the agriculture industry, um, you know, with with crops and uh, and horticulture, and with the shortage of um, foreign backpacker workers coming into the country, for example. Now, it's hard and difficult work. Um, particularly to begin with. And uh, I've researched in this area and I have found that um, your your typical backpacker workers from overseas, um, they report, you know, positive, positive experiences and, and some negative experiences. On the negative side, they will, t- they will talk to me about things like, well, the first week was the hardest because I've, I've never had to do this with my body before that is you know the the the, the hard hours and the, um, the the hard the hard labor involved but then they find that uh, it gets easier after that now that is but one example but it, it's an example that highlights adaptability in terms of well there is opportunity 
there. And that's one of the things I think that Jennifer's alluding to here. When we're doing our occupation um, research, uh, we need to be thinking, well, where are the opportunities? Where mm. Where is the demand? And that is one place. I think logistics mm. is another. Je- Jennifer will mention a few more, no doubt, soon. Um, so, you know, considering those things that you might not have picked as your life career choice uh, and having that adaptability. Um, because if we're wanting to make ourselves uh, attractive to employers in the future, uh, one of the best things that we can do is not be out of totally out of work uh, for a long period because we become less and less attractive when that happens. We need to balance that um, against, just quickly I'll mention this, with our well-being as well um, in terms of if you are out of work uh, for an extended period, um, it, these are very, very challenging times and beating yourself up about that uh, is, 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 is also a trap. But uh, having said that, uh, being adaptable and looking for um, p- places where you could get some work even if it's short term. And I agree with, um, like in that agricultural space, I'm a girl from the bush, and you go out there and you will be well looked after. Um, You know, I I backpacked around overseas, but I've also lived out west, and when people come to town, they do embrace, and we've we've spoken about going regional and remote um, previously on Career Insights, and it is, there are opportunities usually out there. It may be that you need to step outside of your comfort zone and move. It could be for a few months, but I know I spoke to a, um, a HR recruitment uh, person earlier this year and she said, you're more employable if you're employed. And obviously that's, you know, even if you are unemployed, but even, she said, even if you're doing mail delivery drops or babysitting, you're actually doing something. Um, and I think also in there, I know we've spoken about this, Jennifer, would be volunteering as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll follow up on that, Katie, then, because it ties in with everything that Chris is talking about. Uh, with volunteering, when you're looking at volunteering, it's looking at opportunities where it might be that you're doing a few hours a week, uh, doing a bit of administration work. It might be you're helping out with a web page, you know, a website. It could be that, as you said, you know, you're doing some deliveries. But it's not just the uh, skills that you're picking up. It's the people that you're getting to connect with. And again, it's coming back to you're building on your networks there and let them know that you're keen to look for um, paid opportunities. Absolutely. Um, so we've talked about career adaptability. Now, I've come across in some of your research, Chris, proactive personality. Are you able to talk a little bit about that? Um, well, proactive personality um, is, is important uh, in terms of the wellness that we've been talking about, keeping yourself positive. And, you know, you're more um, able to project positivity if, if you are, you know, able to um, maintain it within yourself but um, in terms of making yourself attractive to employers I guess proactivity fits into the the topic that we've just covered now in terms of being adaptable and saying well yeah I'll go and do some agricultural Mm. work or I'll go and do some volunteering and as Jennifer said it's a great way to 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 network and uh, though the people that you work with know other people and and you will get to you know in time quite likely know some of those as well and so it's more contacts um, and 
and you're keeping yourself attractive to em employers. Um, sh when you're applying for work and interacting with employers, so that could be um, expressions, expressions of interest or jobs that you might apply for online, um, even if they happen to be short temporary jobs, but projecting uh, your, your positivity is, is a proactivity skill. And in the employment literature, uh, and Jennifer, I imagine knows quite, quite a bit about this, but people talk about the soft skills of um, uh, showing people that you are showing to an employer, for example, look, I'm flexible and I'm willing to learn. And uh, I'm enthusiastic about learning. Now, I don't know how to do X, Y or Z yet, but I, I am, you know, I am positive and enthusiastic and I, I really want to get in there and learn that. And this impresses employers and uh, makes you attractive to them uh, beyond what most people realise. And Yeah, as, sorry, Katie, and I think that's... Uh, I know you've previously had this um, spoken about, though it's those transferable skills. So it's having those communication skills, those uh, those skills that you can transfer across to any industry. So again, you know, whatever job that you get, or if it's paid or volunteer, use the skills that you pick up from that and go, I, where can I use these elsewhere? So whether that's agriculture, manufacturing, logistics, education, what are those skills that you can use across? And that includes time management as well. So, uh, yeah, transferable skills, the networking, the volunteering, and um, I know you love that word adaptability. It's been used a lot, and I'm glad that Chris has brought it up as well. And it is. It's about being adaptable. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. You've both sort of given some great final tips just there. So that is it for today's show. Um, thank you. That was Chris Cosson. Thanks so much for joining me today, Chris. Thank you, Katie. And Jennifer Luke, um, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Katie. Thanks for joining me today on Career Insights. And thanks again to my guests, Chris Cosson and Jennifer Luke, for taking the time to speak with me. Career Insights is brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland and is produced by USQ Creative Arts student Byron Quayle. High-achieving Year 12 students who put the University of Southern Queensland first on their QTAC application could become rewarded. Automatic scholarships up to $29,000 are on offer. Make USQ your first choice and join the number one university in Australia for graduate starting salary. Visit usq.edu.au slash become rewarded for more details.